Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the 28th episode of Tales of Tamriel. I am your host, Jelos, the OP is crap Templar, and with me this evening we have Deltia of Deltia's Gaming. He who uh, likes to send tweets about getting a plushy hooker to Bethesda. How are you doing today, Deltia? Damn you, autocorrect. Hey. Good afternoon, guys, gals. Thanks for tuning back in. Excited to be here. I uh, got a new mic. Hopefully, I won't blow out your eardrums like last episode. I apologize. Um, yeah, so I'll be streaming, playing my Nightblade, what I released a video on. Um, so, yeah, thanks for having me back. Excellent. So glad to have you back. And uh, for those who are listening in chat, yes, the East is not with us this afternoon. Unfortunately, um, after last week's episode, we got a phone call that her grandfather is not doing that well. He was uh, unconscious and on a respirator in the hospital with pneumonia. He's only in his early 60s or something like that. So she went down uh, to visit to make, you know, make sure everything was okay. Her visitor mom or grandma, because they weren't doing too well with what was happening. Um, good news, I got a call from her the other night that he is now off the respirator. He's doing okay as much as you can he's definitely looking better than what he was so that is why she's not actually here with us this week but she should be back next week so all right let's go ahead and uh get right into the news first off this week for their community programs they had another battle master corner the true assassin and pretty much since deltia is essentially whether he thinks that he is or not he's pretty much a permanent member of our hosting team now so i figured he needed his own corner and since we all know he loves uh tearing apart guides and builds this is kind of his corner now whenever they do a battle master corner i've asked deltia to kind of rip into the build that they're showing and possibly come up with a newer one um so deltia I know you read over the true assassin a little bit. Do you want to give us a little synopsis of what he was going for? And then you can kind of dig into it. Sure. Yeah, uh, he played like a Nightblade, kind of like me. Uh, very similar build, except a couple of key abilities he doesn't have. Um, but really just trying to do the sneaky assassin thing, like typical cookie cutter. Um, Nightblade rogue class type of build. He's using a lot of ranged a lot of stamina-based attacks, and then dual wield for melee. 
Um, nothing really unique here. Basically, his first bar is uh, bow. My build I just released today. It, well, my guide is coming out. I called him One Shot Willie. And he's leaving a couple of things out that I think would be really important on a bow. Basically, when you're using a bow, like I got mine, for any what the new patch did screw up bows animations too. If you're watching the stream, you'll see some of this. Basically, you need to put casters off range, knock back, and then a big opener. The other two abilities are kind of open depending on what you do. Usually a debuff of some sort. Then some say some way to get resources back is a really good way to have a ranged uh, combination. So his way to do that, he does have some of the key abilities, but I notice he doesn't have, that I'm going to use right now, is Mark Target. That's an assassin ability that basically strips the character of armor. So I just hit him, and it gives you like basically 75% of the health back for when you kill them. It's literally, if you do that and then hit them with a killer's blade, you're getting you'll go to full health and they don't have any armor so my build is kind of like prepping targets with that and then you run in with your melee attacks and try to kill them in one shot because then they don't have any armor to defend themselves i just hit for 1900 that wolf you'll see in about 30 seconds so i think he could improve on that it's otherwise he has a pretty good solid rotation um he uses swallow souls which i really don't recommend um soloing just because i like different abilities the concealed weapon to move fast but really i think it's a pretty solid nightblade build he uses uh silver bolts which i wouldn't put on my bar normally um just because it's good against daedra but not uh, the best type of ability unless you morph it to get the leash then it's really powerful so i like it um but i did do a counter to it and i posted it on my twitter account i guess i could show you guys later that too but I don't know. The builds that they're putting out there, I've, of course, I've submitted like 30 of them now. Um, they're getting to be a little cookie cutter and not really the big powerful ones. So I don't know what they're looking for. Elder Scrolls truly is a game that you can do anything. That's one of the reasons I love it is Nightblade can heal, tank, DPS, whatever. A Templar can DPS. I mean, so you free. I would like to see builds that, like a Dragon Knight stealth class. I want to see builds that are out of the box, out of the typical norm type thing. That would be more interesting to me. Or Nightblade Healer. Something like that. And so that's kind of what I do on my guides. I usually do a cookie cutter, really effective build. And then two things like outside of the box, like I did with my Dragon Knight. Um, so I'm just learning the Nightblade too, because I don't know it well enough to really be the, the expert at it yet. So I'm going to keep sticking with it till VR 12. And then hopefully then I can really be, you know, fluent in all the abilities. Because as a, a range person, there's an ability that you can summon a shade and then you can teleport back to it. Now imagine that when your enemy is chasing you down and you can't knock them back or stun them. Boom, do a teleport. That's pretty cool. So there's some room for improvement with the guy's build, but so far pretty good. Nice, nice. Now, I do have one question. I've been playing around with the bow a little bit, and he has snipe on his bar. Do you, do you like that ability? I think it's a Love it. giant POS, to be honest. Love it. Why is snipe important? Yeah, it snipes huge. Really? Uh, it's, huge in, oh. it's huge in PvP. If you like to PvP, it's huge. Why? Because really, in the game, there's really nothing to have a heal debuff. There's very limited... Um, 
abilities to have a heal debuff. So what like if you're on in a PvP group, you have to have a marksman. Um, someone that can heal debuff with snipe, one of the morphs, uh, I think it's forget what it's called. And then a Nightblade can also strip them of armor. So if you do that shot snipe, you can literally one-shot them based off your weapon attack power. Plus, in PvP, what does it do? It adds range to them. So if you're guarding a keep, that target can now be hit at a further range. That's why it's important. It's really a good PvP ability, to be honest with you. PvE, you could probably have a, something else there. But if you're going to do PvP, that's a deadly ability to have. Because there's also some PvP set bonuses where my friend can literally hit an enemy 50 meters away in PvP. So uh, when he's defending the keep, he will nuke you one shot uh, on his Nightblade. So if you see a big glowing red beam over your head, get ready. I don't, I, yeah, I've been mostly doing... Like, I've been leveling my Nightblade in uh, PvE, of course. And... I got snipe and I found it to be pretty much worthless. Like one shot, if you get an opening, that's great. But it seemed After like that, it, yeah. it. It seemed like the uh, stamina cost was too high for the amount of damage it did. Um, my poison arrow cost a third of that amount, and then with the dot, actually, you know, I could cast three of those in the amount of damage I'd get from one snipe. So I didn't find it all that useful, but apparently, I guess it is. Well, it depends on what you're trying to do. Remember, my build's called One Shot Will. What am I trying to do? <laughs> Kill something in one shot. Well, Snipe is the hardest hitting attack in the game, almost. So, if you're trying to do that, and as a Nightblade, I can strip them of armor, and they don't react to it. So, like, if you're watching the stream 30 seconds from now, you'll see what I'm doing. So, I'll hit him, got him stripped of armor, peel back, Snipe, boom. 1,100 damage. Closes the distance, and dead. That's why Snipe's good. I guess I'll have to give it another shot. And as I'm, I'm just going down through his build, and you're definitely helping me out with my Nightblade because I'm leveling him up. Silver Bolts I wouldn't use for anything. It's too much stamina cost for what it actually does. Um, but yep. you don't, you don't like Strife? Nope, I don't. Um, because Killer's Blade Reaper Mark Target is such a better ability. Mark target strips someone of armor. Yes, it strips you of armor too, but the health return you get for it is much more impressive than, than uh, Swallow Souls or whatever the morph is. Um, however, it's really good if you're a tank and you're getting healed in a PvE group because it increases the amount of healing you get. So I can see that. But there's just other abilities that are too important for me to to use that slot for. I don't like it. All right, I see. But there's no perfect build, you know, it's just your playstyle. Right. Well, I've been generally playing a, you know, as I'm leveling up kind of the solo survivalist kind of build where, yeah, I'm a DPS build ranged and I need to keep myself alive. And I've been using that a lot to actually keep me up. And it's been doing a what pretty level good job. Are you? Uh, like 15. <laughs> yeah, at 15, it's fantastic because you got a good steady stream of health. It has tons of range. But then when you get up and you get leeching strikes, now when you hit anyone, you get magic, health, and stamina back. That's really good. Right. Okay. Well, I, I'll, I'll take your word on that and try that out. Uh, next up, can you tell me why Shadow Cloak is good? <laughs> I don't think it's good. Uh, Shadow Cloak. I use Dark Cloak. Um, 
what is Shadow Cloak the first instance or the other one? It, it doesn't matter. I don't think the ability is good at all. <laughs> really? What? Uh, why not? It it doesn't like when I'm using it. I'm thinking half the time what it's supposed to do is allows me to go instant, um, instant invisible. Which if you have some of the passives that uh, increase your armor and and attack power and stuff when you're coming out of stealth, I think that's supposed to help. But half the time it doesn't. It doesn't last long enough for me to even get an attack off to get a stealth bonus. And sometimes it just breaks for no random reason. It just, you know, yeah. you hit it and it's gone. Yeah. There's a combo. Basically, if you're watching the stream, you'll see what I do over and over and over and over and over again. I use Dark Cloak, which is basically takes, um, removes three dots or effects over me. So as a vampire, that's huge. What I do is I run up to him on stealth, then I'll hit him with concealed weapon. That will stun him. Now, when they get unstunned, I'll stealth hit them with concealed weapon again. That's the hit that's generating 1,900 damage there. That's the combo. So, why is it important? Because you can basically burst damage from 1,900 over and over and over as long as you have Magicka. So, you can literally two, three-shot bosses just doing that two-ability button thing is all you have to do. So, Dark Cloak, Concealed Weapon. Dark Cloak, Concealed Weapon. Dark Cloak, Concealed Weapon. Things die. All right. Well, I'm gonna have to work on that a little bit because, yeah, to me it just doesn't it doesn't seem that great in ability. Albeit when I was looking at the morphs, I think it's is it the dark cloak that gives your next attack? Uh, I can't remember if it's like an auto crit or if it just is a lot extra damage. I can't remember what the ability is. But uh, there's a there's two morphs. One is ninety percent uh, crit, which is a huge waste because my crit's at seventy percent anyways, so I don't take that one. The other one is really good, which is removes um, hindering effects. So basically, if you have a dot on you or you have something else on you, you can remove that. It's like a purge, basically, which there's very little of in the game. So I take that because if I'm trying to stealth out of combat or I'm a vampire and got some flame damage on me, boom, stealth, hit, hit that, come back into combat, I'm good. Okay, well, so... Uh... Do you get the impression that what most people do, that Nightblades are underpowered? Every class is really good, <clears throat> even Templars. That was a joke. Um, I think you just got to play it. I mean, you just got to play a lot. Some All these little tips and tricks that I'm showing you guys, I've either learned or asked tons of people who are better than me. Um, I'm not the best at this game by any means, but I'll ask people who are. I'm not afraid to admit it. You know, I'll ask Kipster in the guild, Brandon in the guild. I'll ask the top players that are doing trials and are, you know, really good. What what are they using and why? My buddy Kaz, uh, who does really awesome at PvP. And these are the these are what these guys are telling me. So I'll take their information and kind of combine it with my own build. But that's all I'm learning. So you just got to play around and see what works for you. You know, is this build perfect for everyone? No. But hey, it's Elder Scrolls Online. <laughs> There is no spec tree. You're going to do what you want. That's why this game rocks. I definitely agree. I love being able to just pick up anything I can find and just play with it. That's what I did a lot on my Templar when I first started playing was I bought like every ability I could just to see what it would do and how I could use it. Go, I'd buy an ability and go, what does this do? Some were, oh, this is awesome and I can't ever stop putting it down. Others were like, well, that has situational use at best and i probably never touched it again so um yeah kipster was asking what skill is concealed weapon in the chat yeah i'm showing it on the stream it's the basically the second ability in the um shadow that's morphed and it allows a passive bonus for 
uh, speed, and then also a stun, too. Gotcha, gotcha. I think we're going to have to have a talk about Nightblades uh, after the show, because well, I think I need some help. <laughs> well, real quick, I mean, you know, everyone's like, oh, this class is underpowered, this class is underpowered. Nightblade is not underpowered. It has the most health return almost possible um, off of a kill, and it's fat, the fastest class. It's It hits the hardest in the game, the hardest hitting class in the game. You just have to play it right. If you're playing a Nightblade stealth guy, you're not the main tank. Don't play it like a main tank. Pick a target that's off on their own, derping around, and nuke them. That's what the stealth class is for. Um, you pl- you got to play your playstyle right. You know, and take time doing it. You don't learn this stuff overnight, and that's okay. But um, try different abilities. Try different combinations. Don't get stuck in the same routine over and over. You know, what's the good old saying? If it's not, if it's, if it's not working, don't do it. And if it is working, try to do it better. That's that's all I have to say about that. Right on, right on. All right, so uh, that was the Battlemaster's Corner, the true assassin. So we're going to move on to the next little bit of news. Probably one of my favorite, and again, Delty, I know me and you were talking about this. Nightingale statue pre-orders are now available. The second in Gaming Head series of Skyrim statues available for pre-order now, clad in a full set of Nightingale armor. This master thief perches on a rocky outcropping, plotting his next endeavor. It's a 16-inch tall statue, and there's both a standard and an exclusive edition. The exclusive edition features a lit base that creates an effect of gently flowing water. It does look pretty sweet. They are all hand-numbered, and uh, there's only 1,000 of the standard edition and 500 of the exclusive editions available. Now, for those of you who are thinking of getting them i hope you have a little bit of extra dough laying around because the standard edition is three hundred dollars and the exclusive edition is 330 so i guess if you're the really gonna go one? for it yeah the nightblade i thought one. it was a, i thought it was a hundred nope oh my god 329.99 for the the uh exclusive edition uh i think when we saw it earlier the hundred dollars is what you have to put down as a deposit <laughs> oh my god these guys yeah um again i love the physical swag from this stuff it's i absolutely love it but some of the things are just a little out of my price range like these right here that's that's a lot of cheddar (laughs) um and 300 dollars go a good way towards like maybe a new uh video card or something for me so i'm like uh no no but definitely I, i i still love this kind of stuff um do you have any of the statues deltia well, I have the Moloch Ball one, but not. I haven't bought any other ones. Um, I was gonna buy this because I saw it; it's a hundred bucks, but I didn't realize that's the down payment. So, yeah, I probably won't be buying that either. Right, right. Um, yeah, man, it makes me just wish I had more expendable income because I probably would have bought it. Yeah, but then <laughs> we'd have to work more, and then we couldn't play this game. So there's a fine line between work and real life, which is what Elder Scrolls is. Elder Scrolls is real life. I agree with this. Pretty much I have to take breaks for, you know, work. real life to play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, guys. I got to got to step away from real life for a moment and do some work. Right <laughs> on. Right on. All right. So, again, if you're interested, you can go over to Gaming Heads and uh, get it. Or you can go to the Bethesda store and uh, pick it up. If you do get one, you got to let me know how it is because they're pretty awesome. And I know uh, yeah. I'm looking in chat right now and... Uh, T.S. Fangirl was like, I would buy the Nightingale in a heartbeat. 
if it was female. But they only have a male one. <laughs> All right. Next up on the uh, on the news docket, another one of their community programs, the Guild Spotlight. And I think for the first time ever, they're spotlighting a guild that actually is a fairly big guild. I'm sure most of you have, might have heard them from other games because they are a pretty big guild, at least in the competitive scene, uh, mostly harmless. So mostly harmless, uh, I guess as they say, comes from a Douglas Adams' Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, where entry into Earth was listed as harmless then later revised to mostly harmless. They formed in September of 2013. Now I've seen these guys a lot at a bunch of different... Um, conventions and stuff like that like in all the pvp competitions they've they've been to all that so i know they are part of the daggerfall covenant but they are a multi-gaming community i guess there's 80 or so active members in the eso community but more uh, obviously in the in the greater in the uh, greater community there um apparently they're active mostly during the early morning or most evenings into the early morning from 6 p.m. Eastern to 3 a.m. is when they have the largest amount of people. They have people from all over the world. And they, as they say, what makes their guild unique? They are an incredibly organized and accomplished great things in Cyrodiil while maintaining the idea that nothing we do is mandatory. Um, yeah, they, they have won a lot of competitions. A lot of it. Uh, did... I'm trying to think. Uh, Delty, did they uh, did they go to the PvP competition at uh, well, QuakeCon? That was uh, that was Brandon's guild or Kips or I don't remember which one, but one of them did. I, I don't know who did that or whatever. I, I couldn't remember for the life of me which one it was. Oh no, they they did. They won the PvP QuakeCon tournament. I'm looking on their site right now. So the mostly harmless did win the PvP tournament at QuakeCon. Give me, give me arenas. We'll see how much I like PvP then. <laughs> Apparently, you have to go to one of these conventions to do their idea of arenas. Um, I'll bring, I'll bring King Full Test there. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right, yeah. And Kipster says Brandon and him were in the trials competition um, during the QuakeCon event. So, anyway, if you're interested in uh, checking them out, they are on the. Guild Spotlight on the official Elder Scrolls Online page. They are also, you can go to their guild website, which is uh, mhguild.com. So, so essentially, uh, mostly harmlessguild.com. You should go there, check it out. Can I uh, say something about uh, competitive guilds? Absolutely, go for it. Competitive guilds, you know, I've been in them, I've led them. I'm not doing so currently um, just because I have a job. There's a lot that comes with it. Number one, you're going to be asked or forced to play the most overpowered spec, class, whatever. You will be asked or forced to re-roll when some new patch hits. It's all about what's best for the team, not what's best for you. So while these things sound fun and interesting, it takes a lot of the fun out of the game. One, your gear, your look, what you're playing, why, is all based on if you can win or not. So before you rush into a you know one of these top-end guilds, just realize, you know, and, and they're not going to be, they're not going to take your feelings into account when you're not the best on the team. It's, it's So it's not always the best thing. You know, and I'm actually going to follow up with that. I was in one of the top, I guess they were top 25 U.S. rating teams back in 2010. 
And it is very much true. While they weren't a PvP, they were a PvE-oriented guild. Whenever you join one of these very large guilds, they do have pretty strict rules, whether or not they say that or not. Uh, you may not have to attend their stuff to be part of the guild, but if you want to be part of the guild that actually does stuff, you have to. Uh, our raid team that we were on raided five nights a week, and you had to maintain a 98% activity over a three-month period. That was two raids you could miss in three months. If you missed more than that, you were off the team. Not only job. that, but as Delty said, when patches came out, I played a Retribution Paladin in Warcraft. I sat out for an entire raid tier because my class got nerfed to Oblivion, and uh, they wouldn't take me as a DPS. So I had to sit out for an entire raid tier, which definitely was not very fun, but it, it is oh. true. Um, they're like, if you want to come back in, you have to level up a whatever it was at the time. I forget what it was. And I was like, you know what? By the time I leveled it up, it you know, it'd probably be changed anyway. But yeah, it, it is. If you join one of these, they they often these guilds are separated by sex, if you will. There's you're part of the family, but you're kind of casual, or you're part of the the group that does stuff. And if you are part of the group that is actually doing all the all the things that make them famous. Be prepared for either a very, very tight schedule or, like you said... It's like a, it's like having a job. It, it really is. is. And that's when it's... That's usually when I walk away is when I get really, 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 really good. And then all the guilds, they come and go really fast. All the PvP guilds. Why? Because everyone thinks they're better than everyone else. Once PvPers start, stop losing, stop, uh, stop winning, start losing the fingers start getting pointed well your tanking sucks your dps sucks you're you suck i hate you blah 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 and then it becomes is this a competitive baseball team or am i playing a game for fun <laughs> you know what i mean so i don't know why i'm going on this rant but it just that's why i'm not doing it in this game i refuse to do it i don't want this to be a job i make youtube videos and guides because i love the community and, and think what i have is maybe useful for some people but I'm not turning this game into a job. Absolutely. I mean, I, I think we've all done that at one point or the other. And while I like yep. to play a lot, I, I still do like to... If, if I were part of a hardcore rating team right now, I'd have been kicked out by now by how slow I've been leveling in ESO. They're like, wait, oh, yeah. you, lis you listen to the... No, just skip over and get to max level right away. But I didn't. I would have been kicked out by now. That's just how it goes. Okay, on a little bit of a lighter topic, the last bit of news we have for this week is another Adventurer Handbook from their community program, which is the Adventurer's Handbook issue number seven. And this week they're back with more guides created by players, obviously not Deltia, like you to assist <laughs> you in your travels in Tamriel. Bastards. <laughs> There's a lot to do in ESO, and we know that everyone can use a little helping hand along the way. Check out these guides, you might learn more. First up today, they have a guide, a uh, helpful guide to status effects, which is on the official Elder Scrolls Online forum, status effects and you, that will show you, uh, show that your character may have and subject, or maybe subject to, and how to deal with them. Uh, player Cinna has compiled them into a neat list that describes the effects and several methods you can use to break or avoid them altogether. Definitely a handy re a reference at, for any adventurer. Um, I'm actually going to pull this up right now because I do kind of want to look. I'm curious if they use add-ons or if they're using the default UI. And there's no screenshots. Okay, that's not really helpful. 
one of the things I think they really should do is create a helpful guide for people that shows that when you have a status effect and what your UI looks like unmodded. Those of us who use uh, like uh, Foundry Tactical Combat and stuff like that can see the buffs. We can kind of see how it goes, but uh, ESO itself built into its UI has little special effects built into it to tell you when you have a status effect upon you, such as uh, I think Rend Armor, your health bar is cracked and looks like it's shattered. Um, I think shield, when you get like a power, like a shield around you or something along those lines, like a damage shield, your your health bar gets like a uh, like a big thick border around it. There's a whole bunch of these little subtle effects that would be kind of neat if someone actually did a screenshot uh, gallery, maybe Delta, that might be an idea for you, um, of what your UI looks like, the default UI looks like when you have these status effects. I think that would have been a little bit more useful than just listing them out personally. Uh, next up, everyone can use a friend during a tough journey and a person on Reddit has put a guide together of all the vanity pets and where how you currently obtain them. I'm going to go ahead and uh, give you a little bit of a spoiler on that. Everything was either from a con or from a special edition of the game. So, oh, are the Gar plushie? Yes, Gar plushie. Finally, we have a long-standing guide full of information about uh, the Elder Scrolls setting. If you ever wanted to know anything about TES lore, from histories of the provinces to more obscure deep lore secrets, ooh, Lady Nerevar's How to Become a Lore Buff from the official Bethesda forums has you covered. You know what? I'm actually going to go ahead and give a thumbs up for this one because uh, Lady Nerevar is awesome. If you've not paid attention, she actually runs the Imperial Library, and they are awesome. So those are the guides they have for today. So if you want to check them out, you can either go to the official Elder Scrolls Online page, or you can look them up on the official forums under Stats, Effects, and You, on Reddit with the name uh, Guide Vanny Pets and You, or How to Become a Lore Buff on the official Bethsoft forums. So, Deltia, you have anything to say about any of that? Well, the Adventure Handbook, I mean, I, I, I totally agree with you about basically debuffs and buff are terrible, terribly displayed in this game. Even FTC doesn't do a perfect job on it. Uh, that's something that built-in UI really should be able to do. You, They do a lot of animation, which for MMOers that never watch their character, they just watch, you know, buffs and numbers and blah, blah, blah. It's hard... To get used to that, one to cleanse, one to burst, one your procs are up, etc. So, I that was one thing I came in the game like, where's all my buffs and debuffs? Uh, but yeah, other than that, the lore stuff's kind of cool. Right, and I think a lot of the animations animations were done with the preference or with the uh, the foreknowledge of people being in first person because you don't have that that full field of view. You need something on your UI to tell you when you're standing in fire. So, I, I definitely think it's neat, but uh, I don't know if I would go all out saying that. It definitely does need a little bit more work, and I really do feel like they need to open the API a little bit more to allow us to get a little bit more detail about buffs that we have. And I would love to see buffs on teammates. At the least, I don't care about seeing debuffs and stuff on enemies, are buffs on enemies. Actually, I'd, I'd prefer to see debuffs on enemies because I put them there. 
You know what I mean? But uh, I wouldn't. They can keep their buffs to themselves. But I, I really want to be able to see everything that's on my teammates and stuff. So I think that would definitely help. Okay. Well, that ends our game news for this week. It was kind of light on the news. Most of it was the uh, the community programs, which are always definitely definitely fun to look through. I think. But uh, this week for our Elder Scrolls discussion, we are going to talk patch 1.3.3, update 3 that came out. Um, first off, in this update, uh, the overview, of course, they big things that came, die system, which is awesome. Guild features, including guild heraldry, killed traders, and improved guild management. And, of course, the changes to Cyrodiil campaigns. So, first off... LTL, give us an overview of what you thought about Update 3, how it was uh, released, you know, overall reception, that kind of fun stuff. Alright, we'll start with the good, then we'll go bad and the ugly. Good. Die system absolutely rocks. I mean, the game is colorful, and each character looks unique and different. I loved it. I mean, it really makes achievements worth getting. I mean, even at max level, if you're dinking around, have nothing to do, it just gives you something else to do and unlock. So I really liked it. I didn't realize how just basically you can customize every little part with different colors and it's unique and different. I mean, it's really pretty pretty impressive, actually. So I really enjoyed that. Um, so the bad, I would say some animations got broke. Um, the weapon swapping's not perfect. Trials gear can be sold, <laughs> so it's bind on equip. It's not so basically everyone's hawking trials gear, um, which is unfortunate because now you don't really have to do the content to get the best gear in the game. I don't know why it hasn't been hot fixed or whatever, but I think that's terrible. Um, the ugly is the guild system was broken at launch, and so guild guild banks weren't around for three or four days, so that was kind of bad. Um, and then we'll talk about PvP servers. I think that was a much needed change, especially with the separating the vets and the non-vets and their own se separate PvP areas. The problem is that during peak times, um, everyone tries to go on the 30-day server. So on peak times, if that's your home or guest or whatever, it's nearly impossible to get in there or you're waiting for an hour. So while there is less to choose from and they're more active, um, you can't get in to play with your friends. Like, like for instance, you guys, Tales of Tamriel, was hosting uh, a guild event, and I got three or four friends to go, and we were going to go gank you guys, not tell you, and then live stream it and make fun of you today. But I couldn't. Why? Couldn't get in the server. So that's a little disappointing, too. But overall, uh, much customizations. This game does a good job with guild tabbers and making it feel like guilds matter most games don't you have a tag over your head that's it this is wow really i'm in this guild and it matters i got my guild post trading store here i got my tabard uh, we're completing trials and so it's done a good job at separating guilds um, now that there's a visual distinction because there isn't over your name which i think there should be so I think it's good overall. Just like anything, they broke a couple things. They'll get that sorted out. Um, as far as content goes, they need something meaty coming up. They need something else. They need another system, another trial, another veteran rake dungeon, another PvP instance, something. Because it's lacking a little bit of endgame. If you're not into trials or doing the PvP stuff and you're done leveling, well, 
you might go level on alt or you might quit the game so i think they need something to come out here pretty soon that's meaty absolutely and i was gonna follow pretty much echo all that this patch while i think it was a fantastic this was what you would deem a quality of life patch everything that was done here is all side stuff which is good because the die system is amazing i love it um I, I made a comment when I first saw it that it looked just like the Guild Wars 2 die system, and that was not a negative. Normally when you're like, oh, it's a carbon copy of another game, that's most time that has a negative connotation. But for me, it didn't because Guild Wars 2's die system, which as you can tell now, is amazing, right? It just, the ability to do all, like, the, the primary, secondary, and then the, uh, the smaller portions of your armor all in three different colors it it's really really in depth and you can get pretty pretty customized with what you have um but again armor dies while they're fun they're fun to collect i really do like them they provide a little off something they're not enough to really hold on to anything now followed up the guild improvements were needed by people who like to have a lot of uh a lot of customization in their guild, a lot of organization in their guilds, so that was definitely welcome. But again, that's a quality of life patch more than more than anything, excuse me. Um, guild heraldry, definitely cool. And actually, one thing that I thought was really neat, and uh, I don't know if you noticed this, Deltia, but whenever you get a, when you buy a guild trader, that guild trader is wearing your tabard. Did you yeah, notice I, that? I, did. <laughs> I haven't bought a guild trader, but yeah, I and when I walked up to one and I looked at it, I'm like, wait a minute, this guy, the name of the uh, guild was uh, the Lion's Guard, and it had a big blue tabard with a lion. I'm like, it's wearing its, its uh, heraldry. And I looked over at these other ones. Every t Whenever you get a guild trader, that trader wears your tabard, which is pretty neat. I like it a lot. Um, something else interesting is the guild traders themselves. I need a confirmation for this, but uh, from what I'm hearing is when you bid on one of these, if you lose the bid, you lose the money. Have you heard that, Delta? I have not. I, I don't know. I couldn't confirm or deny that. I played the fifth. Okay, I played the fifth. I got you. <laughs> um, from what I've been hearing is, and what I've even noticed is when you place a bid, if you bid and you lose, you don't get that money refunded. Other other games like I've seen where if you bid on something, the money disappears from your, your in-game wallet. But if you lose the bid, it gets sent back to you maybe minus the listing fee. But this one, I think you lose all of it. Oh, and Arkner does say yes, you can confirm that you do lose all of it. So, I mean, when you're bidding on these things, it's an investment because you will lose that money if you didn't bid enough. So bidding like a thousand and hoping no one else bids, you've lost that gold. So that's kind of interesting. Um, definitely a, a little, a little strange. Next up, the uh, the Guild Bank Gold. Um, other games have had a type of uh, Dark Age Camelot for one had what you could call a guild tax that whenever you killed a monster, it generated X amount percent of gold and was deposited into the guild bank that doesn't have that yet but apparently you can make gold off of all the commissions so whenever the auction house cut is taken it goes into the the guild bank which is kind of neat but that's pretty much going to fund a whichever guilds um whichever guilds win and win the guild trader spots 
they'll every time they sell, they're going to keep making extra money to continue getting their bids higher and higher. So they'll eventually be able to always hold it. Um, the alliance campaign changes. I kind of want to stop here and uh, Delta. Del- Del- let's talk about this one for a little bit. Uh, I definitely think they were needed from the 90 days, but I was a little surprised because I think the main campaign that I, I put as my home uh, at at um, uh, encouragement from Kipster was Bow of Shadows because I guess we own all of it and it gave us all the buffs. And I guesting on Thornblade, the 30-day campaign. It's kind of strange that the biggest day campaign is the one that's always full. Like, because the other ones were empty. You know what I mean? Like, I would have thought yeah. the five days ones would be packed. You know, the small ones, be, and this one would be a ghost town, but it's actually kind of the opposite. Did you notice that? Yeah, the 30-day the campaign is what everyone wants to be in. I, I wonder why that would be, though. Because no one wanted to be in the 90-day one, so I would have thought the shorter day campaigns people would be jumping over, but it looks like those are ghost towns. Yeah, I don't know. It, it seems the funny thing is, it seems like each alliance has their own campaign that they dominate, and then everyone parks their their character there at home to get the buffs, and then like the other factions like respect it and don't go clear it out, <laughs> and so everyone has the buffs, and then everyone just fights on the one. <laughs> that's so it's terrible. It yeah, it is a little strange. <laughs> like the other factions won't go clear it out. So my guy right now, let me check, is Hatteras. That's basically all controlled. So I get all the buffs, and then you know, e- Ebonheart guys have theirs, and then DC have theirs, and then like none of us, Eb- Aldemary guys, will go into yours and destroy. It. Just like I guess the people, the PvP community is like, yeah, we'll give each other buffs. That's Crazy. pretty funny, actually, because <laughs> um, Bow of Shadows is definitely the Ebonheart packed one. So I'm assuming Hatteras is AD, and I would assume Chillrend is DC, because the only other one, uh, Blackwater Blade, is a non-veteran rank one. Yep. Interesting. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> Thornblade is completely full, and I just I really didn't think that was actually going to happen, because people were avoiding the long campaigns in the original iteration like the plague and now the longer campaigns the only one people go on to that's bizarre because i if i have a week off from work i try to get emperor on a, a week campaign you know that's what i would try to do because i you you can't get emperor another way because you have to play so so much so I would think that a casual player, if they had some time off, it would be more advantageous to play on a shorter one. But I could be wrong. I don't know. I haven't heard there's why people are doing that. I don't know. I don't know. I, what, there has to be an advantage. Otherwise, people wouldn't do it. It definitely is really weird. Um, but yeah. Next up, which is definitely something that essentially one of the big complaints that I had with the game, uh, playing from an MMO perspective, is the limited hotbar problem. Being only having five abilities, not including an ultimate, um, it really did kind of limit down. But now with instant weapon swap, it it essentially opened up my bar to 10. Like before, the weapon swap delay was made it kind of uh, unreliable to swap in, in the heat of moment. But now that it's instant with the pre-caching, 
uh, it definitely feels like my entire repertoire of skills has went from five to ten, and I think that's definitely an awesome change. Uh, do you agree, Delta, or do you have something else against instant weapon swap? <laughs> no, I definitely agree. I think the game, I hated the limited hot bars. Hated it at first. Coming from, uh, you know, a basic traditionalist MMOer. Now that I play and stuff, it's so, it's so cool because every build is different. And you have to, like, this is one slot. It's going to take up 25% of what you're doing. Like, it has to be valuable. So I think it's cool. And the weapon swap, I've noticed it, but it gets bugged out a little bit and will all like suddenly not swap back or my my staff that I was using is now a two-hander. So that needs to be ironed out. But once they get the timing down just right, it'll be nice. Excellent. Uh, last up, I guess, really, other than dyes, um, not I guess last up, but they did color correction, which is pretty sweet as well. Um, that they just went through and updated all the post-processing effects in most of the zones. I definitely think they, they did a really good job. But they did tell us how to change it back if we really don't want it, so it's kind of neat. Um, armor dies. Difficult mo mode has been added as a new optional difficulty mode for final fight of the Ethereum Archive and Hellross Citadel. Now, uh, Kipster will tell you this. Um... I was I was really excited about this because me and him were talking about it a lot. Really, really excited about the difficult mode because I was really upset with the way trials. And again, I haven't been in it, but like you said, your friend who's terrible at PVE is saying, yeah, it's it's a it's easy mode. And from watching videos and stuff, that's what it looks like. It looks like easy mode. I was really at high hopes for the difficult mode of these of the end bosses. Um, but again, I shall go unfulfilled here because apparently it's not that much more difficult. Have you heard anything about the difficulty mode? Oh, I think it's a joke. Brandon, real, real quick, two shout outs. One, Kipster, thanks for giving me grain solvent really cheap. Two, Brandon gave me like 15 purple rings because he has so many of them. Thanks. Um, Okay, so Brandon's a big dog, like one of the best PBers in the world, and he comes in mumble or team speak and tells us all like the top players are doing. They literally cleared trials without wearing armor. They cleared it naked the other night. That's not even the hard mode. They one shot at hard mode. I'll say it again. They one shot it the very first time they ever played it when it was open, one shot at it. So it needs some work. It's it's not it's not a raid like a typical PVE raid. It's a burn check. It's a DPS check. That's what it is, and that's that's one that's one mechanic that should be in every raid. But it shouldn't be. That's the only thing that goes on. And I haven't gone in them either. So I I guess I'm the noob here too. But at the same time, I don't know. It's kind of disappointing. That's the top tier gear. Top tier stuff can be one shotted. That's the best skill in the game probably. But they did it naked too that's crazy right right and i think kipster's uh telling you no no they didn't but oh okay so. well I, I could be wrong <laughs> it, i i was watching kipster live stream it and then he had to turn it off because they didn't want to give away their their stuff but uh just watching it he was telling me they got it after a couple attempts and i think his guild got a world first on it but or at least that's what they posted. But even so, it was a matter of three or four attempts until they were able to beat it. 
and that just it got, it disappoints me because I th- those raids need to be more difficult than what they are because right now it's anyone essentially can this reminds me of uh, when Blizzard introduced the LFR rating pretty much anyone who puts on light armor and does a destruction staff as long as you know how to stand on top of other people can do these raids because they're not hard so it's just very very disappointing especially from someone like me who likes the uh, Dark Souls difficulty you know to make you cry um, yeah definitely definitely disappointing I'm really hoping that they, like they said, when they're releasing their new trials for like the Serpent and stuff like that, that they go ahead and, I guess, learn from their past mistakes and they go, okay, these first ones were not really what we wanted them to be or what our player base wanted them to be and make some changes. Well, make it a make it a raid where you have to have unique builds in there. You don't have to have just if it's just DPS stuff. Everyone's going to do the exact best DPS. Make it so you have to have three tanks at one fight. That's what they were catering it or saying that it was going to be. Like everyone's going to have to heal and everyone's going to have to tank, and that's what originally they were promising. That's not what the end result is. That you can stand in a circle, healing springs, and impulse to death. That's not a good raid. A good raid makes team unity matter, where it's more than just pressing the same five buttons over and over. You have to move. You have to coordinate. Leadership has to tell people where to be and why. Everyone has to react as a group and a unit. That's cool stuff. Um, And that's what I feel like, uh, to be honest, that the VR dungeons are. The VR dungeons are hard as hell. If you don't stay out of the red, you don't call like when you need help or appeal and you need CC or whatever, you die. that's the most fun thing for me to do in the game currently. I want more of that. More four-man content. Or woman, TS fangirl. (laughs) Nice. And uh, the chat has some pretty good points about saying how it makes you question the skill level of the devs, how when the devs are doing it, that they said they haven't even beat certain trials or whatever. They're talking about four-man. I'm under the the point where they should, like, bring in the best – guilds in the world such as like blood legion the official like sponsored teams that do this stuff and have them come in and try to beat it you need to get it up to a level of difficulty that's so tough it takes them a long time to do it you know what i mean yeah and and not it's not just numbers based either yeah you can pump up the hp and pump up the um damage they do and make it a numbers game but that's not what makes a good raid or a good encounter it's the mechanics that make it fun and hard it's the mechanics where three people have to stand here, four have to stand here. This guy has to do this at exact the moment. This guy has to solve a puzzle. Everyone's racing and it's terrible. That's what makes it fun, where every moment is like, oh my God, what's going to happen? Um, so the mechanics is what makes the thing. And you'll remember, you'll memorize the mechanics. Everyone does after a while. That's why basically everyone can do these raids. But make it more about that than just doing damage and surviving. Then you'll have amazing content. Don't you agree? You're the PvE here. Oh, oh, I totally agree. And I'm an advocate of not so much uh, mechanics that are, I guess, I, I like phased encounters, but this is what I like. I like when you do phased encounters with a boss and you're given a hot bar. Okay, so the boss will have a hot bar, but there's no, he does this attack, and then five seconds later he does this attack. I think during phases, I'm an advocate of, 
All right, during phase one, this boss has these three abilities. He will randomly pick and do one every 15 seconds. Yeah. Good luck. And then when you push him to the next phase, okay, you know those three abilities that he randomly would use? Well, now he has four more that he will randomly use every, you know, 15 seconds. Good luck. Every fight would be different because maybe he start, you know, yeah. your your team has a hard time. Like, they have to clump up together to absorb damage, and it's heck on healers. And they're like, whoo, we survived that. Oh, my goodness, how do we ever do that? And all of a sudden, oh, crap, he's doing it again. You know, that kind of stuff would be awesome. Yep. Uh, and I really think that would, you know, arguably, I don't know if the world first people would argue about that because technically the laws of averages could be on their side. And one person would be like, we didn't get world first because this guy did the ability that we suck at a million times and they got a cleave ability over and over and over again. So they just, you know, they got lucky. I don't know how you would really want to mess with that, but. I still think it would keep people on their toes. And every time after an ability was done, they'd be sitting there going, all right, well, he's either going to do one of these three things. What do we got to do? And you're, all your people would have to be engaged and ready when that timer's up to go, you know, four seconds, everyone get ready. We got to watch. What is he going to do? Oh, crap. He, he summoned ads. Everyone split and do your ad, ad, what we practice for ads, whatever. Yeah. That would but be fun. I will, and, you know, I, I'm always like, I guess it seems like I'm banging on the game or doing something like that, but I'm really not like I play this game like a job. I mean, it's just, it's so much fun. I mean, just picking little things and crafting and sending people mails or it's like they created a world you can live in. We just want to make it better. Um, that's, that's really all of our passion is for the game because man, it's just, you can do so much different stuff. It doesn't feel like a normal MMO. It really feels now, it's getting close to the point where it's Elder Scrolls with friends. When they get a couple more things in here, a couple more good storytelling points, a couple more um, you know, things to do, then the market's starting to change. It's You're sitting out hawking your wares. That's old school MMO stuff that all of us miss. There is no global auction house where you can buy everything and just everyone undercuts each other. This is what an old school MMO combined with new age technology and stuff should be. Um, it's not perfect. That, I just want to say, I'm not trying to bang in the game all the time, but it, it, I just want the game to be good. And what I like and what Ag likes might be two totally different things. I think there's room to get both in the game. I really do. And one of the best things about MMOs is they need, because they're such a time investment, they need to cater to all types of gameplay. Yep. When you log in, like you said, you're living in a world. What do you do when you wake up? Well, let's not, since we're all adults, we have jobs and stuff like that. But when you wake up on a weekend, you wake up, go, okay, I have 18 hours till I go back to bed. I don't know if people think like this, but I do. And go, oh, what oh, can yeah. I do in these oh, 18 yeah. hours? <laughs> My wife it's going to be Elder Scrolls 9 of it. Yeah, exactly. But you have a choice. And just as in real life, there's things you, I could play Elder Scrolls. I could go out and do yard work, which I I often don't do. Um, you know, no, I, I have a choice yeah. about what I could do. <laughs> and that's Yard what, work or nuke some imps. Uh, nuke, nuke imps wins every time. Exactly. The, not saying that, you know, like like you're saying right here, I still had the choice. I just, I chose the one thing. But uh, MMOs definitely need to cater to everybody because when you come in, that's how you make and have such a huge player base. That's how games like Warcraft uh still like yes they're losing lots of players now but they still are probably the biggest mmo out there even by losing half of their player base 
because over the years they've adopted different stuff of oh we got the ratings well now we're, let's add arenas for the pvpers oh no well here's battlegrounds well they did that before that here's something casual for people to do hey why don't we let the super casuals go back and do old content solo there's stuff you can do in the game that you know that has a lot yeah, of everyone stuff. can do everyone can do you have when you log in it's not well the only thing for me to do is is you know pvp or yep it's, but but enough that you can pvp if that's all you want to do if you only exactly. want to do arenas do it um but like ts fangirl myself we have what like i watch her tweets and stuff we're totally different uh, play styles you know um and she doesn't level as fast as me and takes it slow and reads all the stories just like you and uh the twit queen but that's okay because this game you can do that and feel comfortable doing it there's no rush absolutely absolutely when i log in that's uh, when i do my first playthrough i read everything because i want to know everything about the world that i'm essentially living in but uh later playthroughs i I change it up but yeah there's different stuff for us to do um so that was update three but now now that we kind of got done with our talking about update three and what (laughs) all was released let's talk a little bit about what we think went wrong i think we kind of highlighted a little bit with update three um but first off as a little bit of other news there is a die system fix incoming on monday that is going to be august 11th when uh the servers go down because there there was an air where people were getting colors for dyes that they hadn't unlocked yet that is going to be fixed if you've already used those dye colors, it won't change them off your armor, but you won't be able to put them back on different armor sets or whatever the case may be or change them up until you unlock them. So that change is going to be there. So first off, dye system, while it was released, wasn't released without errors. Did you find these to be uh, hampering in any way? Uh, my friends did because they like got really really hard ones to get like basically getting all of the motifs on one character uh, but they didn't get credit for it so they had a, the opposite effect where they didn't get all all the achievements they were supposed to and i got exactly what i i haven't even looked i got the colors i got black and yellow i'm life's good that's all i need so all my characters except this guy are black and yellow and look amazing so i'm happy i have no complaints with the dies all right well next up uh there's been a lot of complaints about i know it happened to us the instant weapon swap while it's awesome for me there's been some issues where because of the pre-caching it looks like it gets messed up from time to time and the i the item you're using isn't really the item that's displayed uh i had this the other day where i i run a two-handed greatsword and a restoration staff and somehow or another, I started holding the restoration staff like I'd hold a two-handed greatsword, and that's what I, I, I'd be swinging my two-handed greatsword abilities with the staff, and I would be yeah. healing with my sword. <laughs> but to other people's screens, it looked like I was doing the right thing, so that, that's kind of interesting. Um, and also, Delta, can you tell us a little bit about the bow animations? What exactly happened? Uh, I don't know. It's completely screwed up. We're like, so I'll do a snipe, and then... 10 seconds later the damage will apply and then all of a sudden the thing dies and then my weapon won't go back to the other one it's that's really goofy 
I don't know if it's just the snipe ability or if it's the bow or whatever, and I can do it on the, the stream here in a minute. So, and then the weapon swapping, like you said, I'll go back to another weapon, then I'll get a bug where basically I'm holding block, even though I'm not blocking, and it's just the animation. So, it's a little glitchy. They'll get time to fix it, but nothing game-breaking at the moment. And every game has these, every big patch, so I'm not too too concerned. Was it only the bow that was causing these issues? Yeah, let me let me uh, show these guys here real quick what it looks like. But yeah, I'll mark target this guy. I'll hit him with snipe. So here I am. I know 30 seconds. You'll see it from now. So it, it hits. I, FTC shows that it registered damage. And then he still hasn't been damaged yet. And so like 30 seconds later, it all of a sudden, boom, kill him. Yep, he just died. So you'll see on the stream, it looks really goofy. So I don't know if it's a snipe or a bow thing, but... Yeah, it's weird. That's really, really... Is it... Uh, I guess that's just really strange. Hopefully they'll get a fix to that pretty soon. Um, overall, I guess... There hasn't been a lot of bugs that I've seen. So I guess the uh, patch kind of went off without too much of an issue. I know after the last patch, Update 2, there was a lot of frame rate issues. And this one, I, it looks I don't great. see that. The graphics, I don't know, I think they did something, but man, this game, it looks beautiful. If you got it turned up on high and stuff, wow. Uh, now, Cyrodiil still gets pretty glitchy, but just tooling around and stuff, I'm getting you know over 60 frames. I'm getting 75 right now. It looks amazing. The armor, like now the colors, this color saturation, it's just beautiful game. Absolutely. It, it would, this was definitely probably one of the best patches that they've released with the fewest amount of bugs possible um I, I really think so this one didn't have a whole lot so definitely definitely a great update and i'm really glad it, it came out uh anything else you want to say about update three no i'm happy about it they'll get the uh, two three things straightened out i don't know if it's intended to be selling the trials gear i hope that's not intended because mm. that you shouldn't be able to get the best gear in the game with money in game. I really don't want gold spammers coming back to this game. So um, other than that, I don't think anything's game breaking, but like we said, they need some meaty content. Now it's time to get some new gameplay. Why is world of Warcraft still successful? There is a trillion things to do. If you want to do arenas till you're blue in the face, you can, you want to do objective based PVP till you're blue in the face. You can, you want to do pet PVP. You can't, that's how immersive it is. Okay, wow. So, yeah, it looks... Okay, let's be real. The graphics look ridiculous. But who cares? When you can do tons of different stuff and you've spent nine years on one character, you're going to have a relationship with that game. So they're, they're doing the same sorts of things, talking about once that Thief Guild thing comes out, Dark Brotherhood, this game will blow up because everyone loves that. Oh, Absolutely. Um, and I think uh, it'll be definitely really nice for when this game comes out. When those things come out, how they're slated to come out, will be right around the time that the projected PS4 and Xbox release. So Xbox will get all of that wow. right at the start. You know, Dark Brotherhood, Thieves Guild. Because with their current release cadence and how they said uh, the, the console releases probably weren't going to be ready until December or early January... We will be up to update five 
I think it is by the five or six by the time that the uh, content patch for Xbox and PS4 is out. So we'll definitely probably have the Justice System and Dark Brotherhood and Thieves Guild, which will be amazing. Yeah. All right. Well, that was our uh, thoughts on patch 1.3.3. That's update three for everyone and all of its update goodness. Now we're going to move on to my favorite part of the show, the Tales section. So first off, I'm going to talk about the guest tales a little bit. Uh, Every show, I try to get into a habit of sending out little messages on Twitter to see what people in our community have been doing. And uh, I got a few responses. Uh, Road, our friend over at TSOCast, he pretty much said, work, kill, grind gold content into fine dust. So apparently he's (laughs) working on the uh, Cadwell's gold quest line, the third the third uh why am i drawing a blank on the word here third alliance going through yeah um our friend kipster yay kipster after the big update i spent some time setting up the new gear sets which are now four piece aether and four piece twilights uh with the new gear sets and pvp bonuses which i think are bug because i have way more i thought i put you on mute phone my phone is possessed I have way more spell crit than I can count for, up to 74% spell crit. Uh, then we ran some hard mode uh, theory and archive. It took us three attempts to figure out the strategy, which works, completed hard mode a couple more times, then farmed the crap out of normal AA to get all new BOE gear to sell. <sighs> That's sad. BOE trial gears, ugh, that's another rant. I'm sure you'll cover it in the new episode. Yeah, yeah, we did. I'm also leveling up my Nightblade, which is now VR4. I hate that the stuff is BOE. Absolutely. I really hope it is a bug, like you said, Deltia, because that... I wouldn't mind if it went BOE when the next trial came out, when it wasn't the current gear, but to have all... And he was telling me even the hard mode stuff yep the best is now um boe oh that was a bad change real bad change because i don't know who they're hoping to make happy here because it's like well you know we want to make the gear available to everyone we'll make them work for it or crap like what happened to your promise that crafted gear will be on par with you know trials gear or even you know anything of that nature you should be able to have something to make it up up to par but uh yeah making it boe just makes it so that another game that i play uh, final fantasy 14 has this problem rampant which is a big problem is the top the top three companies are guilds in that game uh farm out trials which are essentially what they do here which are one boss raid encounters and they will charge people to bring them in to get them through the content because no one wants to try to get through it and these guys are making hand over fist gold over this because people can't find enough coordinated people to get through trial content and final fantasy 14 really is pretty difficult and i'm i'm happy some of it's hardware wise i won't get into that that'll be for a different discussion but if you're not good enough to get through it or find people who are good enough to get through it that these guys are just selling it like it's nothing and i've actually talked to several of them and they they make a good point they're like the worst thing is with this the people who buy this aren't people who are terrible they actually could probably beat the trials by themselves they just it's, don't know enough people they don't know enough people so yeah it becomes yep. an economy of 
well, now if I if I can farm enough gold, I can get the best gear rather than putting forth the effort and actually playing the game. It's a negative on the community as a whole. Absolute negative. Uh, next up, our friend Obi... Uh, oh my goodness, I'm just calling you Obi because I don't want to butcher your last name. Sorry about that. Little time I had to play in the game this week was searching for gear and weapons to share with guild members who need it. Um... Our friend Brandon Pearson, that's Brandon who uh, does all the high-end uh, PvE stuff that you were talking about, did your shout-out, did a naked clear of AA first in world to beat hard mode Elra, made a stamina build that rocks and killed a bunch of Nords. I approve of all of that <laughs> except for the last line. You are dirty, dirty Bosmer. And our friend Ark over there, I started merchant or merching. Oh my goodness, I'm just tongue-tied. Started selling, so he's spending time wandering around, gathering mats to sell. It's just fun to wander around. So those were our Twitter and Facebook responses for this week. Uh, Deltia, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you've been doing in ESO this week? Oh, what haven't I been doing? I, I need to stop playing this game so damn much. No. You know, I ranted about the Templar, and I'm going to... Basically, doing these guides in this game, I haven't really found my niche endgame. So right now, I'm taking the time to level up, do all my crafting, and just wait till something comes along that I really want to spend all my time doing. And I like to learn the game in and out to kind of see what classes are doing what, what builds, and why they're effective. So just kind of been leveling my Nightblade. Went really hardcore, and I'm like, I'm getting this guy to VR1, and I'm making a video this weekend. So that's what I did. I stayed up late last night. I, so I don't know if you're, you guys are like this or not, but I'll sit around at work and I'll be doing something. I'll get a couple seconds to think and I'll go, man, this build might be really awesome. If I swap out Snipe for Poison Arrow, I bet I could increase my damage by 30. I get home, what do I do? I try it. <laughs> I go back the next day and I just think about builds all day. Does anyone else do that in the chat room? Anyone? I don't know, but... So that's I what I do. Just okay. <laughs> I sit around. I I play on ESO head probably fifteen Me hours too. a week, and <laughs> before I go to bed, I'm like, okay, it's like my it's my bedtime ritual now is to go on ESO head and go, all right, what build am I going to run in my nightblade and just play around with it. So that's what I do. Sit around, and do that all day, and then, um, basically, I've been leveling up uh, alchemy and provisioning and some of that stuff. I don't know if everyone knows this, but alchemy is the juggernaut of crafting. You can make unceasable potions, so uncrowded control, or basically unstoppable ones, so you can't be CC'd in PvP. You can make invisibility potions, which I had no idea you could. Like, everyone can be invisible. Even a Dragonite can have stealth with potions. I didn't realize how powerful it was until I started doing it. Then I started making weapon crit, power, and stamina return pots. And oh my god, my, my DPS skyrocket. So really, I've been gathering tons of mats because I'm just having a ball of the crafting system and just really implementing on my characters and seeing the progression on it. It's a lot of fun. Got my provisioning to 50, I think. Um, so I'm done with that. My friend found a purple uh, VR5 recipe and learned it. So now I'm just feeding him mats so we can get all that stuff. Um, but yeah, just playing my night build. Um, finished the game. Now I'm going to go grind some stuff in Craghorn um, for anyone who wants to grind skill points and stuff like that. Because I don't really, don't really want to do the stories all over again. So 
but that's about it. Nothing really crazy cool happened besides just nuking stuff over and over. Right, right. Yeah, and, uh, I, I do the same thing at work. Uh, I always have ESO, ESO head on my uh, on my window, and I'm constantly playing around with that character builder. That is the bane of pro- productivity at work for Jaws. me. Jaws, yeah, that's, that's the bane Sitting of my there, job. Configuring a SQL server. Okay, uh, okay, ESO head. I like that ability, that ability. Yeah, no, that's, now, that's what I do. <laughs> do you have the one on your phone? I do. There's an app on your phone. Okay. And it tells you all the morphs of all the abilities. Mm-hmm. So when I'm, so I'll sit there, like I'll go through the Templar. I'm like, what can the Templar do really unique? And I'll just look at all the morphs and I'll forget. And I'll come back on my lunch and sit there for 10, 15 minutes, slipping through. And yeah, I love it. That, that, is, that is awesome. I absolutely love it. And because I do computer work, it's not hard for me to have one window up of what I'm supposed to be doing. And then right. ISO related news on the other. <laughs> Sitting there playing. Okay. All right. So as uh, because I said I was going to do this and I missed uh, T.S. Fangirl's tweets. She hasn't been able to adventure this week. Uh, Didn't have any exciting adventures this week because I haven't been able to play all week. Little sad face. But I'm finally made it to Windhelm. Currently soaking up NPC gossip around town instead of unraveling conspiracies. I, I, I was harassing her on uh, last night when she hopped on because she kept tune hopping. I'm like, you know, if you keep doing that, you'll never hit VR rank. So she was laughing at me because she's like, yeah, I, I know. And then she walked off and logged on another tune. She's like, yeah, see, now I'm making it worse. Um, but yeah, as for myself, I haven't done a lot this week either. Mo- not because I didn't have time to play. It's because I, uh, these, of course, isn't here and uh, we always play together now with that being said um tomorrow you guys will start seeing a let's play from me on our youtube channel because that's what i've been doing all week so i've made a new Nightblade who is going to be my banker tune eventually um but i've been leveling her up and going through the Evanheart pack storyline and uh I, that's why i was really questioning you all those abilities like why do you not use that because i don't like it um, but I generally am trying to make her, she's a Breton, yes, she's a Breton, uh, Nightblade who I'm focusing on bow, but then going to be daggers. And I've been playing around with her a lot. And I, I really like the, uh, the assassin blade morph that makes it, uh, a ranged attack because that just adds to my, um, my bow arsenal, but I've only really been using poison or venom arrow, uh, the soul, the soul thing that I asked you that was good. I can't remember its building name now, and I feel bad. And um, and uh, of course the uh, lethal blade. And I've just been tearing through stuff with that. And uh, all medium armor. And she is a blast. I actually love playing around with her. She's a lot of fun. Um, I also maxed out my. My final woodworking is now finishing up on on uh, researches. So I have all eight traits on everything woodworking related. So if anyone needs anything, just let me know. Um, and I've been keeping up to date on all my researches on my blacksmithing and clothing. I'm now almost seven of eight on everything. So I'm getting there, getting there slowly, but surely. Um, I'm trying to think what else I've been doing throughout the week. I think that's about it that I can really, really say um, so that was all I did this week. Hopefully when Thais gets back, we'll be able to really, oh, you know what? I did forget something. 
Dear heaven above. We had a guild event, which Deltia was unable to interrupt. And we had a lot of fun. We had five or six of us come out, and we were just exploring Cyrodiil. And um, just going to all the different uh, delves and alien runes and trying to collect all the uh, sky shards and closing dolmens. And it was just a lot of fun. The one last dolmen we did, oh my goodness gracious, they, they just kept coming. Like, the first one wasn't real difficult. Uh, I think I died because a Aldmari Dominion Khajiit snuck up behind me and shot me while I was kind of hanging in the back and just, like, murdered me. Um, but the second dolmen we did right at the end of the night was rough because it just started summoning all these different ads. There were probably 20 ads on the screen at a time. Um, going to wait for these to do spindle grind. Yes. Yes, Kim. There we go. Um, so I've been running around doing that, and we just had a lot of fun in Cyrodiil, and we probably spent two hours out there and got like 10% of the stuff done. Like, it's a huge zone. And some of it you can't even do unless you've taken enough of the keeps yeah. to open the relic gates. So... That's that's a lot of fun. But yeah, that's what we've been doing this week. And it was really great. I can't wait to keep going. All right, we're going to move on to our next section, which is normally our dramatic reading. But without the Twit Queen here, we're going to skip over that because that's her section. And uh, yeah, I'm not going to read it. Um, next up, for our community spotlight, there was a form user by the name of Matt matt uzis yeah matt uzis yeah there he is uh i'm gonna link it in the chat and i'll also put this in the description on the podcast it is a complete list of all the different set bonuses that are in the game with the release of update three because a lot of the update or a lot of the patches and uh set bonuses have changed on all of the different crafting bonuses and even some of the uh pvp bonuses and trial bonuses so they actually went together on the pts and created a whole little collage of pictures showing all the different sets and all the different changes to it so if you're interested in looking at all these different sets go ahead and check it out and um see what you want to build so there you go all right next up is our emails our itunes and emails um, let's see here. We didn't have any iTunes reviews this week, but we did have two emails. Uh, one from our friend Estelden. Another great episode, guys. Have to admit, this one is especially fun, as I actually disagreed with a few of Delty's opinions. Hmm. Which is a refreshing change, <laughs> as I usually find myself in agreement with him. I must say that I am on Thais's side. We'll see, Estelden, that's a mistake. When it comes to the PvP pve integration as far as i'm concerned they should overlap if you want to be the best then you should do everything i think some balance needs to be made through uh made though as no skill should be clearly superior to everything else i think we all agree on that one but a slight edge makes people feel rewarded for their effort Rift eventually completely separated the PvE and PvP, and that actually killed the PvP for me because there was no longer a point to do it. I know the fun. Uh, I know the fun is the, its own point, but I am an uh, an MMO. Oh my goodness! Sorry about that. I'm trying to read this, and the sentence structure is not there. 
Uh, but I am an MMO player. Gaining power is part of the fun. I had to add player. There was no player in there. I also have to say, I think Deltia has spent too long cruising on his OPDK <laughs> that has <laughs> skewed his views on mere mortals like the Templar. Do you, uh, Deltia, do you agree with that? I do. Because Templars are I agree. awesome. <laughs> it, you know, it, it's sad as it is, but when you play an OP class, when you go play something that's not as OP, you feel it. You really do. Uh, the Templar has issues endgame, particularly in the single target sustained DPS, but for leveling, it has plenty of power, especially for AoE damage. He is underestimating the Templar skills, as you can easily build an effective powerhouse with barely any weapon skills. Enough uh, that the Crusader could probably give his Butcher a run for his money. Ooh. Carve, Blazing Spear, Explosive Charge, uh, can uh, can use Crit Rush as an alternative. Solar Barrage, Puncturing Strikes, Blazing Shield, Breath of Life, Flawless Dawnbreaker. You know, those are some of the abilities you can actually use. Keep in mind, Explosive Charge uses melee crit and gains 10% crit from the passive. Stuns casters and can proc 150 damage passive. I actually do use that now. Uh, the above is a bit overkill, but I would actually... Uh, I actually probably use Executioner as a force skill, RF PvPing, blinding, RF PvPing, he uses blinding flashes. Of course, having said that, Barrage can uh, boost the next carve. I will say Dawn's Wrath Tree definitely needs adjusting, though. I have, I guess this is where a single target damage should come from, but it feels lacking. Anyway, enough of a counter rant. Keep up the good work. Look forward to next show and any other blogs you may do. Regards, Estelman. So, um, Templars are awesome. Deltia, did you hear that? <laughs> well, he makes some great points, yeah. And I don't know the class well enough. I mean, so it was just a, I'm just ra raging like a teenage girl. So, <laughs> yeah, I do that from time to time. So mm -hmm. I'll shut up. Let, no, let me, let me put, I'm going to stand with Deltia on this one. Uh, a lot of the class abilities from the Templar are very OP. I will say it right now, they're OP. The problem is with the Templar is they're not sustainable to use. They are they do a lot like puncturing strikes, for instance, does a crap ton of damage, but it costs so much magicka. You can you could go all forty nine points in magicka, be stacked in magicka, and which wouldn't really help you with the weapon crit because it bases off your weapon crit. So you really need to be melee weapon crit. Um, you can only do it for three or four times and then you're out of Magicka. And we don't have an effective way of regaining Magicka through passive means other than through Equilibrium or whatnot. And I can argue that's either here or there. Um, but yeah, all of our abilities are very good, but they cost so much to cost so much to use and they kind of double dip a little bit. Like almost everything in the Adric Spear Tree bases its damage off of melee skills which require you to have stamina but it uses magicka so if you're stacking magicka your stamina is kind of nerfed a little bit to begin with so it's not getting its full full bonus if you're going a full melee build you don't have enough magicka to sustain using it more than two or three times at at most and then you're out of magicka for emergency heals or utility or anything like that so well they'll take it he does bring up a good point that this would give the butcher a run for his money. So I kind of want to interject here. 
Ag and I were talking pre-show. I don't know if I should tell them now, but we wanted to do a guild event, dueling event, where a lot of us play on different sides, different factions. Why don't we go duel each other in Cyrodiil and have like um, rewards? Like I'm willing to farm motives and put up an ancient elf Daedric and do a tournament and do Tales of Tamriel dueling event in Cyrodiil. And so then you can actually beat up on me and see if I'm really a good player or not. And that way, it would be awesome to do it with you guys. That way we could all play with or against each other uh, on a certain day or night and just do an event and have fun out in Tamriel and Cyrodiil. That's the one place we can all gather. I don't know if you guys would be up for that, but I think it would be a blast. Yeah, that's definitely something we are going to do, and I'm glad you actually mentioned it. Uh, We're going to farm up some rewards, and uh, we'll come up with a little... A little structure and I'd actually what I really want to do is I kind of want to do almost like a sign-up sheet or something like that so we can yeah. find out who's gonna be there so we can yeah. have enough rewards but uh, we're gonna work that out and we'll let you guys know when we're actually gonna do that because I think that would be a lot of fun um, next up uh, we have one more email here uh, from our friend uh, Michael uh, good day to you guys. Hopefully this letter finds you well. I figure that since the new patch hit, I should send you an email with a slight update and a question. First of all, I appreciate how you guys take the time to read emails that people send you. The first one I sent a while ago was a little confusing, but you still discussed it, which is a lot more than I can say for the three other podcasts I sent it to. I'm sure they were busy or didn't want to talk about the topic I brought up or just thought I was being narcissistic, but until I get uh, this document done, your podcast show uh, shall now be the only one I send emails into. Well, thank you. Um, I'm glad we actually get to have this email section. I love interacting with the community, so I always make an attempt to do this because it's a lot of fun. Okay. Uh, my reading skills, however, are not the best. This is why I think he normally does this. I get tongue-tied. And on the topic of Uber Secret document I'm writing, uh, it's going very well. I'm 31 pages and a little under 9,000 words into it and only about one-fourth the way done. It's the reason I haven't really gotten to play any ESO at all, but I still intend for this to get me a career in game design. It's worth it. Um, for those who may not remember, uh, Michael actually, he actually does have a website, and I wish I would have looked it up. Uh, but he's interested in level design and stuff of that nature. So he's working on a type of document that he wants to send to Bethesda as kind of like a resume. So everyone wish him luck. Cool. Um, yeah, I've looked at his site. He actually has some pretty neat stuff. And I'm really kicking myself for not pulling it up. But I uh, I looked at it the other day. And he has some pretty neat stuff. He did a whole bunch of different Skyrim mods and Skyrim levels that were fairly complex when you looked at like the overview maps and everything so uh definitely everyone wish him luck on that so i hope he i hope it comes out well for him then maybe we'll have an in and we can get a tour of zoss oh. <laughs> anyway <laughs> on to the main reason for writing this to you uh with the new patch i decided to log into the game for a couple of hours to play with armor dies and respect my level 42 daggerfall covenant nightblade I started her as a healer, and now I'm playing around with a tank spec, and I've got to say, so far, I don't see why everyone is saying the Nightblade is horribly underpowered. See, Deltia, this is a perfect time to read this email. It's my favorite class thus far, with Templar as a close second, and I haven't found either of them to be underpowered at all. Unfortunately, since I'm in the Covenant with this character, I'll not be able to help you to with dungeons or anything that is something that has bothered me since the beginning of the game. I 
don't mind the sit. Uh, I don't mind the decision to allow any race to play in any alliance. I can see that worked fairly well lore-wise, and I don't think it hurts the competitive aspect too much. But for the life of me, I can't figure out why they allow any faction to be in the same guild. Um, I'm pretty sure they did this so the population imbalance wouldn't make it seem like a, such a huge imbalance in guild stores. And so there's a better uh, chance for most guilds uh, feel nice, large, and active. Um, as nice as those reasons are, I feel it makes no sense whatsoever in the lore and just makes the world feel a lot less warlike. Especially when I ask in guild for help on like a dungeon and I get 10 responses saying, what faction? And, oh, I'm sorry, I can't help you. I'm Ebonheart Pact. I know that a guild can choose to only allow members of the same faction, but that rarely happens. What are your thoughts on the subject? Do you find it to be a hindrance? What would you have done? Uh, would you have done it a different way? Do you think that they will keep it like this? Or was there just a way to make the world feel larger after an inevitable one-month sub dropped off? And will it change in the future? Either way, sorry for the long email. Great job on all the podcasts. Hopefully, I'll see you in the game on rare occasions I get to play. Sincerely, Michael. Um, first off, Nightblade ROP. Like, seriously. Like, people who... A lot of the people who I think complain about Nightblades are because they can't take hits when not in, like, a tank spec. Like... Or they don't know how to play defensively. That's, I think that's what a lot of it is. People are like, well, I can run in here with 10 mobs on my Nightblade or on my Sorcerer, or not my Nightblade, my Templar or my uh, Dragon Knight or Sorcerer or whatever, and they don't die. But I think the Nightblade really was meant for the people who like the stealth, you know, pick them off from a distance kind of stuff. They weren't meant to take a hit. Uh, yeah. Unless you're specking them to be tank. Uh, Deltia, do you agree? Or do you have any input? Well, yeah, it's a rogue. I mean, that's your, your whole thing is that, yeah, my, my uh, DK can survive against 20 enemies, but it can't hit for 2,500 either. You know, there's strengths and weaknesses to everything. If you're getting hit, stealth, sprint out of there. Your health and regeneration of defensives comes from your killing blows that regenerate health. That's how you that's how you play defensively by killing stuff. That's why in my guy write up I said it's like playing an electric chainsaw on fire. If you aren't getting killing blows and killing stuff, you're not getting health coming back. So solo, it can be tricky. But once you get the playstyle down, like you watching me do this, I'm just nuking stuff at VR one, and I haven't died yet. So I don't know. It's I, just comes down to play style. I mean, me hating Templars. I got a buddy who hates Dragon Knights. He says these this class is terrible. Well, he hasn't got green blood yet. So once he gets that, everything changes. So it might be one or two things people are missing. But the class is ridiculous. When you can one shot something, how is it underpowered? I agree. I it's it's definitely not. I just think people weren't expecting what they designed it to be even though it was designed to be a rogue they were expecting to be able to stand toe-to-toe -to -toe with all the other classes who are not designed that way uh before we step into the next question quick interjection arc uh says how does a guy run faster than my horse while sprinting um, i'll show you basically there's a few different things number one there's a night silence bonus night silence increases speed sneak uh by 60%. I also have a weapon here, concealed weapon. That gives me 25% stealth movement speed. On top of that, I have a uh, vampire passive 
that increases movement speed while sneaking and allows player to enter a stealth. So yeah, I don't have any. That's why I can sneak as fast as you can run on your horse. Right. But but then again, Nightblades are underpowered. <laughs> Definitely underpowered. That's why uh, some of the world first guilds were stacking three or four Nightblades in their trials. Right. They're underpowered. Because that's the first thing I noticed. Everyone, it was during the time when everyone was first complaining yep, about how they were hating. Yep, and you're Nightblades like, are terrible. And the, the world first guild, it's, you look at them out of 12 players, there's like five Nightblades. I'm like, oh. And here, you know why? You know why? Because Nightblades hit the hardest. Let me let me show you one thing real quick. On the stream, I know for those listening, you can't see this, but the passive here, uh, which one is it? An Assassination. Increase bonus critical strike damage by 5%. That's why they hit the hardest. You get two of those. So your crits hit 10% harder than any other class. Then you throw on some uh, Munda Stone that increases it too. Some Divine Straits. That's why you're hitting the hardest. Thus, why they do some of the best damage in the game. Absolutely. They are, they are just... Uh, they are really powerful when played correctly. All right. For his last question, what are our thoughts on the multi-gilding? Uh, I'm going to say this right off the bat. He asked us, is, do they, will they keep it this way? Yeah, they've already released it. Too many people would complain if they took it away. That's the thing about human nature. People like to get stuff. No one likes it to be taken away. They may change a little thing, but I doubt they would ever say, no, we're going to change it now because of how many guilds are established. They're in for a penny and for a pound at this point with the decision they made there is no going back or else there'd be a huge uproar um as for my personal thoughts when i first heard it um i go both ways one it's nice that if you have friends who are playing alts and stuff or you have you know like our friends and family guild for the uh podcast we don't do scheduled events very often or when we do it's always evan heart pack we always made that point but the idea of our guild wasn't to actually do stuff with each other, as bad as that sounds. It was a friends and family guild that you could join, you could chat with us, with the host, we get to help each other if you're on the same faction, but there was no there was no um, expectations for when you went into the guild. Other guilds, however, that have a certain expectation to them, it, it is kind of weird when you join a guild that, you know, you're asking for help for, hey, I need help and people can't because of dungeons it's it's kind of weird i think the only thing that they would do is they would finally separate out the pve and the pvp in this game that if you are pvp zoned or pvs if you're going to do a pve dungeon such as like a vr crypt parts anyone in any faction can join you as long as they port into the dungeon the dungeon should be a neutral zone that you can mix and match that's the only thing that I hope they change. Uh, Delty, what are your feelings on that? On, on basically, let me get this straight, on having guilds that um, are multi-faction? Yeah, the- yeah, like why would they allow us to have multi-faction guild but not do anything with people who are in, you know, other factions? That is strange. Yeah, I, I'm kind of with him on this one. I, I really don't like that. Um but then again, I say that, but yet it's kind of fun being in the Tales of Tamriel guild so I can see what everyone's talking about. So there's strengths and weaknesses to it. I don't know. It's it's something that I really haven't found an opinion that 
makes sense to me why they did it. It just seems strange, and when all you can really do is talk, but... I guess if you wanted to do a super powerful merchant guild, it would be the best, because... I can, what my friends do is they get motifs and then they go sell them on Ebonheart Pack because it's the least populated and they make double the money. So that could be something. But other than that, I don't know. Right. It, it is weird. But, you know, I, I'm still fond of, like, because they've already, it would be too much of a structure change to change the way the world out, outlay is. If you're Ebonheart Pact, I'm not going to be able to go to. I don't know, uh, first hold and see level 10 players in there, it's just not going to happen. But I, I'm still still an advocate of them changing the way the dungeons are, that if you go to do a trial or you go to do a, a VR dungeon that people of other factions can group up together and port into those dungeons. I would like to see that change. Then at least you'd be able to get help if you're doing dungeons from no matter who you're at. Because it's technically a different instance. I don't know. It definitely was a weird thing to do, but this was during a time where there was a lot of back and forth. At first, there you picked a faction, you weren't allowed to see any of the other factions. At that point in time, you also weren't allowed to go to any other factions. Like, that was the point. And, and when the game was first out, and then a lot of people complained, going, well, wait a minute, I want to be able to go to any faction I want to go to. Because originally the game was developed that you played through your faction, and that was it. You know, then you'd have your faction prior. If you want to play through another faction, you had to make an alt. Now, then they made the choice of, no, now we're going to allow you to go to other factions. And in doing so, we're going to open up the guilds to allow anyone of any faction to be in it, you know, so you can chat with your friends. I think that was the point, so you could chat with your friends. And like the Tales of Tamriel go and Delta said, we're essentially a giant chat room that does stuff from time to time together. Um, but certain other guilds that actually have a purpose to them it, it it's more of a hindrance than a help really it really is so um that that's my thoughts so okay um now it's the time of the show for our final thoughts so uh Deltia, why don't you give us your final thoughts and let everyone know where they can find you and all that fun stuff okay well i'm gonna do that first so that's i usually screw that up it's at Deltia's Gaming, or in-game, at Deltia, D-E-L-T-I-A, Deltia's.com. That has my guides and YouTube videos. And feel free to write discussions and say, you know, I like I said, there is no perfect build. And you guys, like Kipster, Brandon, a lot of these guys have told me tips that help me in my build. So if you got one, share it. And let's talk about it, because it's nothing fun than just sitting around on ESO head with a bunch of guys, talk gals, too talking about um bills and what's fun um so yeah final thoughts i like the patch it was a quality of life not a whole lot of meaty content i don't really know what's on the horizon you know after QuakeCon, they talked about a lot of good things i really think i give them two months if two months they release a big huge like thieves guild thing i will be very 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 happy um, but they need something in that time frame to keep the player base going instead of leveling alts. Uh, by that time, I really want something to sink my teeth into PvE, PvP-wise. Until then, I'm just going to learn the game and keep on playing. Um, bugs are getting better, slowly and surely. Developers, I seem to be interacting a lot. Um, so I really like that. They're going to events, they're reaching out, so they're not just giving up. And the game's not going free to play like everyone wants it to, uh, uh, a la IGN, fail. 
Um, yeah, happy with the game. I'm telling you what, I know I always rant and rave about this, but the community is awesome. I mean, Brandon so sent me like raid level end game rings for free. He's like, yeah, just for what you do for the community. I mean, Kipster, all sorts of stuff. I've never been a part of a community that is more fun and enjoyable and they don't sit around and bash the game. Yeah, you got meatballs that still do that, but I, I have a Facebook group of people that uh, play other games and all they do is sit in the Facebook group and talk trash about the game they're playing. Why are you talking trash about a game you're spending 500 hours playing? People aren't doing that here. They're having fun. They're doing crafting. They're dinking around, picking up flowers. You want to pick up flowers for 20 hours in this game, you can. It's not all about PvP meathead stuff, which is refreshing to me. So I'm just having a blast. And for those that say Nightblade are underpowered, I hope you've been watching this because they're not. Underpowered, excuse me. So yeah, keep up the good work, Elder Scrolls, and... Please, please put one of my builds, guides, something on the page. I would, I would love you long time. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, yep. And I want to thank my co-host for joining me this evening. And I also want to thank the chat room so much for coming out because we have a fairly active chat room of a bunch of different users who come back every week. And it's great to have you guys out there. It's make it a and lot gals. of fun. And gals. And gals. Guys and gals. Sorry. Sorry. Just, I got to use, uh neutral words neutral yeah. pronouns Gotta your people that. have you I, people come out have all these people out here um i do want to thank everyone for listening to the podcast uh as for this episode update three a great quality of life patch absolutely amazing a lot of fun stuff that was added um i'm definitely looking forward to seeing a lot more updates like the next update i, I think if they do an update cadence like they do a beefy patch of content to do and then a quality of life patch that would be awesome because that's a nice balance between the two and uh i think it'll be at four to four to six weeks update is doing really good and actually come to speak of it because this patch just went live in the next week or two we should actually start seeing what's going to be on the pts next so um yeah it's really oh. exciting one thing else, for all the game haters out there, uh, I know you're probably not listening to this or in the chat room or anything. All the people that hate on this game and said that Elder Scrolls, there's no way they're going to be able to release content in four to six weeks. All I can say is, ha ha. Oh, I agree. And it's meaty content, too, because I know another game that did that, Guild Wars 2, is like, oh, we're going to release a content patch every two weeks or something like that. Well, they did, but... It wasn't what they uh, were promising. They're like, yeah, it'll be meaty content. And here it's one quest line you could finish in a day, you know, if that. It, but these guys have been keeping their update promises and they have been doing all these patches are fairly substantial. Like the systems that are being released, like the die system that I know none of us are artists here or any of that. And, well, I don't know. The chat room, maybe. But you know how much rendering work you had to do in order to get all the different dyes and having to render for each and every armor piece? That's a lot of rendering work. A lot. So they've really done a good job with this game, and I absolutely adore it. And uh, I love doing the podcast. I love all of our fans and listeners, and it's great. Um so I do want to thank everyone for listening. If you wish to help support the podcast, feel free to donate via the PayPal link on the website. 
If you have any questions, comments, criticisms, and actually I'm also going to throw in here, if you have any discussion topics that you would like us to discuss, feel free to send them in because I could use some more ideas. I want to know what the community wants us to discuss, you know, because I'm picking uh, um, things to talk about each week. And I would like to know if there's anything that is like burning on your minds that you would like to hear. Um, if you want to email that to us, you can do so uh, on our website for the show, which is talesoftamrail.com. Or you can email the show at podcast at talesoftamrail.com. You can follow the show on Twitter at Tales of Tamriel, on Facebook at facebook.com slash Podcast. Also, feel free to rate and subscribe to us via iTunes and also on YouTube at youtube.com slash talesoftamriel. That helps us out a lot. I have been trying to utilize our YouTube a lot more. All of our episodes get put out there. So if you want to rewatch a stream or uh, you don't have a device to listen to uh, the iTunes or anything of that nature, you can go watch it on YouTube. So you should go do that. Uh, thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy this episode of Tales of Tamriel. Have a good night, everybody. Bye.